Mike and Virginia Chevalier are not only diehard Broncos fans, but they supported DNVR for a long time as members. And they're a husband and wife team with over 15 years of financial services experience. Visit them over at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. And you can get set up with a free consultation to discuss all of your options since your home is likely to be one of your largest assets and your mortgage likely your largest debt. They believe it's vital to consider your full financial picture when purchasing a home. This includes considering your short-term and long-term planning goals, your investments, and your tax situation. Mike and Virginia will work tirelessly to find the best loan for your situation. So again, visit them at dnvrmortgage.com or call them at 303-257-6578. That's Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931-006, and Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910-631. Let's jump into the show. Welcome in to the DNVR Broncos podcast presented by MSU Denver Online. Head over to msudenver.edu slash online to scope out all they have to offer. Uh, 750 total classes, over 40 hybrid programs, everything you could really need from an online education. MSU Denver does it all. So check them out. They have rigorous and affordable education and professors that bring the real world into the classroom, msudenver.edu slash online is where you need to go to check them out today. My boys, what's up, fellas? Happy Wednesday. So pumped to be joined by you guys and all of our friends, including the Count and Dustin Canfield chiming in here. What's up, guys? What's up? Um, man, well, what's up is uh, the NFL has a big problem on their hands. And I, I said this to you guys right before we went live. Um, I don't know whether to be surprised or unsurprised that the NFL did not have a concrete plan for how to handle what to do uh, when a team has someone who tests po- positive for COVID-19. And you're seeing now that the NFL just simply didn't. Uh, they did not have a concrete plan for this. And it's coming back to bite them because, you know, it feels like everyone in the world knows that there is an incubation period with this virus. And it's not as simple as if someone else tests positive and you test negative on the same day, that means that they have it and you don't. Uh, and as we're now seeing with Stefan Gilmore, who is the, you know, the news of the day here, um, he most likely got this from, from Cam Newton, uh, especially considering he was on the plane uh, with the Patriots members who were in close contact with Cam Newton. And it took a while for them uh, to find out that he tested positive. And while likely 
carrying the virus was able to play in a game against the Kansas City Chiefs. And so now the Chiefs are on high alert. And it's just like this whole thing uh, in my eyes feels like it's starting to unravel a little bit. And it's really because they didn't have a good plan. They didn't have a good plan. Unfortunately, they didn't have, they weren't able to, for logistic reasons and whatever, go into any kind of bubble. Because what we've seen now is that the bubbles with the NHL and the NBA and MLS back in July, they work and they, and they, and they held, but you go to major league baseball and we saw within two weeks of the start of the season, the outbreak with the Marlins and outbreak with the Cardinals and the NFL they're a reactive league. They usually like to see others kind of do something first and then figure out the best practices and then go forward. They had a chance to see things that worked, things that didn't make the corrections. And if they thought that something like what happened in Major League Baseball wasn't going to come to their shores, then that's supreme intellectual arrogance right there. I mean, shoot, they had more numbers, more people going home at night than they do in Major League Baseball. The odds were not in their favor. And I think and the, the fear now is we saw with the Titans and we're and we could see with the Patriots that drip, drip, drip of a positive or two coming up every every couple of days. I mean, after what we saw with the Titans, guys, I don't know how they play this game Sunday. Well, and now the Titans, of course, even more positive tests after a couple of days of negative tests. I thought it was extremely short-sighted to play the Patriots in Chiefs game just 48 hours after Cam Newton tested positive. And we know there's a lot of things we don't know about this virus, but we know that there's an incubation period. It can take, you know, what, up to seven to 10 days or something. And so to turn around and now, of course, you have the picture of Stefan Gilmore pretty much hugging Patrick Mahomes after that game. So now, like you said, the Chiefs are on high alert. There's going to be a potential bigger fallout, not just with the Patriots, but with other teams. Guys, it is, it's mind-blowing. How does the NFL, with all of the resources they have, literally any resource they want, they can get. How are we making these decisions? Because I feel like, you know, if there's a positive test from a guy that's been central to your team 48 hours before or 24 hours before a game, how how were how they just then pushing it 24 hours back? Uh, I want this season to go on. And that may, I, I don't know if that needs a break, a two-week break to, to get everything on it. If, you know, the teams that have one case just don't play for a week, whatever it is, I want this season to happen and with the NFL has to take a step back and say, okay, let's not focus on, you know, playing one week four game or one week five game. Let's make sure the season happens. Yeah. Uh, and that, I mean, it's crazy to think, but like, again, this is only the fault of the NFL uh, for not having a better plan. And so while they're probably running around panicking today because, uh, they know what the fallout's going to look like if Patrick Mahomes tests positive for COVID-19 because they allowed a game to happen uh, in which a player who was carrying the virus played against him, hugged him after the game. I mean, you know, that's not Patrick Mahomes' fault. That's the NFL's fault. And that is a really, really, really bad look for them if players, and especially high-profile players, start testing positive because of their negligence. Um, so they know, that, you know, for the first time, I think, 
they're probably panicking uh, about what's going on right now with this virus. And uh, part of me thinks, okay, they're going to have to do something drastic. And another part of me thinks they're just going to say, like, we press on. Keep going. We're sticking <sighs> with this. Uh, and that's worrisome uh, for Broncos fans because the Broncos play the Patriots this week. And as, like you said, with the Titans, tests continue to trickle out. Well, there's no guarantee that this, you know, this isn't going to happen. And we, and yet we still haven't found, uh, I, I believe they said that all Chiefs players tested negative today. Um, so that's a, a good start. But as we're starting to realize, like, negative tests in a vacuum really aren't that important. You, it, it, you have to wait and wait and wait. Uh, and just from like a, you know, a non doctor, just a person who's been observing this from the side, it does feel like out of nowhere, the period of time that requires caution after a positive test, and it's not just in sports, uh, is, has just like been cut in half or less out of just nowhere. Like, like everyone had the number 14 days in their head. Right. And so you thought, okay, if a player tests positive, they're, they're down for 14 days. That's going to, they're going to miss two weeks probably. Uh, and the whole team has to be like set aside like that. At least that's the way I thought it was going to be, uh, or at least, you know, a week, but they just waited a couple days with the Patriots. And now they're starting to see the, the side effects of that. And it's just, it's just weird. Like no one talked that I, I don't, unless I missed like some big announcement that was like, it's actually only five days that you have to be worried about. Like, that's not what I was under the impression mm-hmm. of. So uh, it's just weird that the NFL was kind of willy nilly about this. And now they really are in my, and everyone who listens to this podcast knows that I'm the ultimate optimist when it comes to this sort of thing. And I, I truly believe the NFL now is in, is in, in deep uh, with what they've, caused to happen and that's again i'll keep going back to that that's the most important part they caused this this is their fault i mean what if we look at that monday night game if we start seeing the chiefs have some positive tests here in the next several days i mean what if we're looking at a monday night football game being a super spreader event and that's and that's what's keeping everybody up at night right now i want to ask you guys this put yourselves in the shoes of broncos players let's say you're a broncos player and you see the positive tests already coming down in New England. Would you want to play Sunday? No, because I mean, with all of the uncertainty out there, and that that's a very good question and a fair question because it's not like there's multiple weeks before that game. No, it's just in a couple of days. And it's not just Cam who's tested positive, in my opinion. It's not just Stefan Gilmore who's tested positive. It's not just um, a, a practice squad player that's tested positive. Stefan Gilmore was on that plane with, with the Patriots and, and, you know, just around them for so long. It's hard for me to think that these are going to be the only positive tests coming from the Patriots in the next week. So that's, that's scary is just all of the unknown. And by the time the Broncos play the Patriots, it doesn't seem like we're going to know everything by then. And what's crazy here is that the Titans are being investigated right now. And there's a lot of rumors going around about what caused this and their negligence and, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera, because they, in the, you know, in the end, they were the, the nucleus uh, of really all of this talk. 
Uh, and it's actually being thrown around that if it is proven that they were negligent, they could have to forfeit games. Um, because again, you know, the NFL is going to have a hard time rescheduling two games at the end of the season. Uh, it's a lot easier for them to say, you guys screwed this up. You're taking L's. And the question is, if a similar thing starts happening with the Patriots, could a similar thing uh, be doled out on them? And then, of course, you know, you're getting to the Broncos game, which certainly feels like it's in jeopardy at the very least at this point. And especially, Mace, what you mentioned, you know, if you're if you're a player and and we do have to mention that there has not been a, a positive coming out of the chief side of this yet. But if there is as a Broncos player, you don't feel like the NFL is protecting you because they just did the same thing on the other side. So how are you going to trust them if they say like, nope, you're good to go. Um, but that's, that's another thing that comes into play here though, is if uh, the NFL ends up investigating the Patriots because they have an outbreak on their side and it is proven that Cam was doing something unapproved, then could they forfeit games, including uh, the game against the Broncos this weekend? Yeah, it, it, it's a it's a great question. And uh, the NFL sent out a memo updating their COVID-19 protocols and procedures and making them even more strict for teams moving forward. And in there, they said, we want to keep these measures in here so that we don't have to uh, change the schedule, so that we don't have to have uh, unfair advantages and competitive uh, mismatches here. And they may just have to do that because, guys, what happens if – you know, the Broncos or any team has three games that are postponed. Well, there's only one bye week, so you can only put one game there if you can even work that out. Uh, there's been talks of maybe adding a week 18 game. Well, that's only one week that you can do. And just in the past two day or two weeks, we've seen, you know, stuff moving already. And if this does spread to the Chiefs or does spread to another team because of these teams right now, then we're going to have so many games up in the air. And then maybe teams are, are having to forfeit. Like you said, Ryan, maybe teams are only playing 14 games in order to play the Super Bowl on time. And then that's what the NFL wants to avoid. But the NFL didn't say that we will make sure that, that there's no um, competitive mismatch. They said we want to try to prevent that. So the NFL knows that it may have to come down to one team playing 12 games and another team playing 16. Yeah, and I mean, you want to talk about competitive competitive uh disadvantages the chiefs now have to play three games in 10 days and i believe the third game of that uh stretch is against the titans now if the titans don't play this week uh i think it's the titans or it's someone else who had a game canceled already uh they could be coming off of 11 plus days rest where the uh chiefs will be coming three games in that period. That is a massive uh, competitive disadvantage. Uh, and I think this is something that teams probably had to be at peace with just coming into it, that competitive advantages might occur. But it's certainly not ideal. Oh, no, it's the Bills, right? It's the Bills mm -hmm. in that third game. And the Bills play are supposed to play the Titans this week. Is that what it is? Yes. Okay. So if they don't play that game, then they would be coming off a large chunk of rest while the while the Chiefs would be playing their third game in that in in, in that many days, uh, and that game, possibly well at least in that scenario would likely be for first place uh, in the entire AFC. So I'm, it's there's a lot at play here. Imagine a scenario where let's say 
that game doesn't get played at all. Well, imagine a scenario where you get to the end of the season and say the Chiefs managed to play all their games and go 15 and one. But the Bills, they have two games wiped out. They can't make up and they go 13 and one and Buffalo and then and then Buffalo is sitting there and they're the number two seed based solely or so the Chiefs are 14 and Buffalo is the number two seed based on win percentage because they didn't play as many games, even though they had the same amount of losses. I mean, that's the sort of thing that we're steaming toward here. And the difference between the one and two, of course, this year, it's massive because you only have one team getting the buy in each conference in the postseason now. There's a lot of implications to this. I mean, we could sit here for three hours and you know, and not get through all the potential ramifications of what happens if this, if that, if there are some teams playing 14 games and some playing 15 and some playing 16. I mean, this is, but this is something that I, I really hope the league thought about before they went into this. Yeah, uh, and we were assuming, at least I was assuming, you know, way back when, you know, there was the infamous quote of, we don't have any contingency plans. Uh, you know, essentially the old John Elway, we're going plan A. <laughs> uh, and I was assuming way back then that, like, obviously they have contingency plans. They just don't want to, um, they don't want to sow doubt in the minds of football fans that the season, you know, could be in jeopardy. Well, now it's like, wait, did they have no <laughs> plans? Um, because their plan for what's going on thus far it doesn't seem like a plan at all. It really feels like they're flying by the seat of their pants. I hope they at least thought of the, the mini bubble as or the 32-team bubbles where basically each team goes hotel, facility, bus, stadium, or bus, plane, stadium. I hope that they've at least laid the groundwork for that at minimum, if you can't get everybody into four, four bubbles of, say, eight teams, that they've at least considered the possibilities of each team going into a bubble, even though nobody wants that, no player wants that. Shoot, you might have some guys that if they say, okay, we're going into even this even this these 32 bubbles, you might have some guys that choose to opt out. You might have to actually create an opt-out window for some players who simply don't want to be away from their families for that long. So you yeah. sort of start that process over again. Yeah, I think you'd have to do that. And in that memo from the NFL last night, they emphasized that if a game is not played, players are not paid. So that would be the incentive for players, of course, to, to want to go into the bubble and try to get those guys that are making the big paychecks into that bubble. It's just by saying, yeah, you can opt out. We'll give you, what, $150,000 stipend if you want to opt out. Now maybe prorate it $120,000. But, mm -hmm. you know, you're passing up on $17 million if you're a guy like Von Miller or someone of his stature if you aren't going to play. Uh, in this bubble. So that would be the the reason why the NFL would be able to do that. Yes, it would be a three-month, four-month bubble if you make the playoffs. But otherwise, you're not getting paid. I take issue, though, with that statement from the NFL. If games are not played, the players won't be paid. Because what if the Chiefs have an outbreak now? Whose fault is that? Right. That's the NFL's fault. That is, the, that is not the Chiefs' fault. That the N Now, I, there is the Jordan... I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Tamu. Uh, Tamu. Uh, test that I guess the NFL could maybe spin that against them. But 
you know, in my opinion, if they're if the Chiefs and I'll, and I'll touch wood for them uh, had an outbreak, that's the NFL's fault, not the Chiefs' fault. And so the, those players are going to miss out on their paychecks because the NFL decided to force through a game uh, after their opponent had a positive test and likely, you know, and, and as admitted by the Patriots sending a totally different plane, had 20 or so players who came in close contact with the guy who tested positive. And now one of those guys is positive. Like, I don't know. I, I that That doesn't, that seems wrong. Uh, on the part of the NFL, if that would happen to the Chiefs. Now, Patriots, Titans, I can see that. You know, they, they failed uh, to uphold their end of the bargain. But I don't think, I don't know if the, the Chiefs did anything wrong. Yeah, that that's that's very, very fair. So, guys, for the Broncos, I mean, what what's next? If this game is postponed, uh, and let, let's say postponed to sometime in the future, is that a net positive for the Broncos and that negative because right now Drew locks up in the air didn't practice yesterday some reports I believe one from Mike Kliss saying that he has been throwing these last few days uh and then but the Patriots would likely also have Cam and Stefan Gilmore back is it a wash what do you guys think well it depends on when the game is pushed back to because if it's like Monday like they did this time which we saw how well that worked um it doesn't change really anything but I guess the main question is here, would you rather have Brett Rippon versus Jarrett Stidham or Brian Hoyer uh, and no Stephon Gilmore, or would you rather have Drew Locke versus Cam Newton and Stephon Gilmore? I think the answer there is obvious. It's weird to be talking about it in strictly a competitive football sense, but weirdly enough, I think you'd rather take your chances with Brett Rippon going up against whatever backup quarterback they decide to go with uh, than you would going up against the full-strength Patriots. But it's not just that. I mean, you also have to say, what about having A.J. Boye back? So literally, this is your quarterback and cornerback one for both teams being back in the mix. So yeah, it, still se- it still seems really easy to me. <laughs> well, I mean, Boye is good. Gilmore is one of the three or four best corners in the league right now. Drew Locke can be good. Cam Newton uh, is was playing out of his mind before he before he got hurt. Had it looked like he had the Patriots, you know, right back at their accustomed place contending for a, a championship. So would it favor the Broncos? Yes, but I would I'll say this. I don't want this to become a discussion or even a or a thought about saying, okay, well, let's play the game now because it benefits the Broncos, even though it may not be medically wise to play the game. No, right. and and of course, and and I wasn't going to push that at all. They they of course should should be safe. And it seems like now, from from the little medical advice that I know, uh, it seems like the smart thing to do would be to to push the game and not just push the game twenty four hours. That is just not smart mm-hmm. at all. But it is interesting to think about it on the football field with just how dinged up these teams are. I mean, we could easily see two or backup third string quarterbacks face each other this week. If the game is postponed, it could be, you know, a potential MVP candidate in Cam Newton if he didn't miss some games and the future with Drew Locke. It's it's wild to think how that could have an impact. But of course, you don't think about that when you're deciding what to do with this game. You do what's smart because the NFL needs to not just do the short play here. They need to take a step back and say, let's Let's have this season happen. Let's have a Super Bowl happen. And if 
it does uh, stretch to the Chiefs because of the, them playing the Patriots, and it could stretch to the Broncos. Stop, stop, stop. Yeah, uh, and I think that that's the main thing here is the NFL has to come up with a better plan. Uh, or a plan in the first place um, to try and mitigate, you know, the spread here. Uh, because if you just keep playing these games, suddenly you went from one team to two teams to three teams. All of a sudden, it's six teams, and now you're you're not only in jeopardy of you know shutting things down for a couple of weeks. You might have to stop the whole season uh, and, and just call it a day. So that is obviously a worst case scenario. The NFL. I feel like has been operating in a best case scenario mindset uh, of, okay, well, here's what's, you know, here's what's going to happen. If just all the teams take care of business, none of the players get it, then we'll just play a, a season. I feel like they now need to shift their focus to a worst case scenario mindset and decide how can we avoid getting to that point? Do you think maybe that might involve actually going into a bubble like the NHL and the NBA did and then putting just, putting the season on pause until you figure out the logistics, but knowing that that bubble isn't going to give you a full 16 game season, that it might get you to say 10 games or 12 games and then have a playoff. Oh man. Uh, now you're starting to have to give money back. Yeah. Uh, and I know they don't want to do that. So <laughs> um, I think though, if you wanted to go to that bubble system, you would have to at least, stop everything for a week and just get everyone situated, get everything figured out there. You can't just be like, okay, uh, everyone go to the hotels by tomorrow. Yeah. You know, like you got to give everyone time to prepare and figure out what the, you know, what they're going to do. Um, man, it seems unlikely to me. All, uh, to be honest, all like all contingency plans seem unlikely to me. I really do think the NFL like is going to keep going to try to keep treating this as a game by game basis uh, and because on the whole infection rates are so low in the NFL, I think they're going to be able to use that as kind of a cover and saying, okay, well, we, we know that like, we're going to have to po postpone this Broncos Patriots game and that Titans bills game or whatever it may be. Uh, but we'll still be able to play every other game this week and then we'll just get right back to it next week. I think that's a lot more likely than any wide scale, uh, contingency plan from the NFL. I think so too. And I think that's what the NFL is going to do, at least for this week. See if anything continues to break out. That's just the risky play. And it's the risky play because for the most part, the, the goal is to keep most teams on a 16 game schedule. And you know, the NFL, at least for right now can think that every team can set, stay on a 16 game schedule. They'll find a way to make the, the Patriots Broncos game work. If it is postponed later in the season, but you're taking the risk of things just continuing to spread. And then once half the league ha has it and can't play games, well, then you're playing no games for an entire week. And then, of course, that's the absolute worst-case scenario for the league. So I agree with you. I think they're going to take the, 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 uh, the risky play right now uh, and only and say that they're isolated cases. Yeah, there, there's what they should do, and there's what they will do. I mean, yeah. and unfortunately, I don't think that – these two things are, are going to, to cross over. I think they're just going to uh, keep plowing ahead and cross their fingers and hope it doesn't get any worse. But I mean, you see, uh, you see the numbers in some spots around the country. I'm sure you guys saw yesterday that the Packers announced no fans indefinitely 
at home games at, at Lambeau Field because things are spiking in Wisconsin. And we and unfortunately, you can expect spikes to occur in other in in plenty of states here as we get into the winter months. So you know, I don't th- I don't think crossing your fingers and hoping is the best strategy, but it wouldn't surprise me if that's what the NFL is thinking. Yeah, and interestingly enough, um, I think the Patriots will probably be pushing for the game to be postponed, would they not? I mean, they go, they would go from having to play a game on short rest without their two best players to having a two-week bye week. Uh, and that, to me, uh, is a much bigger advantage for them than, than, you know, than anything else. So, um, obviously there could be things changing there where they might actually end up having to play a game when they're supposed to have their bye week or whatever, if they, if the NFL can move the schedule around. But I just think there's a good chance that, you know, old Bill and Bob, uh, are calling up their guy, Roger and saying, Hey, Hey, uh, you know, it seems really unsafe for us to play this week. Yeah. And then we'll see how, how good, uh, friends, Bob and Rogers still are. Uh, but yeah, and because they have a short week right now, and then if you're able to get past your at least your first COVID outbreak and only not have your quarterback for one game, and then you, you have you'd never miss Stefan Gilmore. That would be a win for them. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Although Joe Joe Ellis has Roger Goodell's private line as well. So I wonder uh, what, what he would want here. I'm sure he'll be calling. Yeah, I'm sure there will be conversations. Um, last thing, uh, I want to just shift real quick. You guys uh, had the opportunity to talk to some players, talk to some coaches yesterday. Uh, what did we learn? What do we need to know? Uh, what went down in the press conferences? Well, that right there, that moment of silence was what we learned from Bill Belichick <laughs> yesterday when we talked to him. Didn't learn a squat thing from him. You know, it seems like Cam Newton, there's a chance that he can play, although it does seem slim. Uh, and from the players that we talked to, the biggest thing that stuck out to me, of course, it was very cool talking to Mike Purcell, who just received the contract extension. But Melvin Gordon really, really, really hinted that the Broncos will be running sets with Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon on the field. And man, that's what we were pounding the table for before the season. And we loved seeing it at the beginning of the season when Phil was healthy. And they they need to go back to that, and it seems like they will. So that's good news. Wait a minute, you didn't learn anything from Bill Belichick telling oh, God, you about don't start with Joe Collier and working with him in 1978, <laughs> and how much it impacted him as a coach. I mean, <laughs> I think it's absolutely hilarious <laughs> that the Denver media knows the only thing that Bill yeah. Belichick will ever talk about when he talks to us is the 78 Broncos. I've heard Bill Belichick tell the story of the 78 Broncos literally every single time that we've ever talked to him on a conference call. At this point, I could recite it myself. You know what? The thing is, Bill is always more comfortable talking about the past and the general arc of football history and football trends than anything about his present team. Oh, without a doubt. And, and, that, and the reporters know that in New England as well. So it's always like if you want to get him going, it's a, you know, it's, it's, it's don't talk about, uh, about your, the package you're running with Cam Newton this year. Like just maybe talk about the evolution of running quarterbacks and, uh, uh how, and how often and, and how the, uh, the RPO has, uh, has transformed the game. And then you'll basically wind him up and he'll go for two and a half, three minutes. He, yeah. He'll expound. 
<laughs> yeah, it's, imagine having to do that every day. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, last thing I think that's important to cover on the live portion of the show. Where do you guys feel Drew Locke is at right now, and and how likely uh, do you believe it is that he plays on Sunday if they play on Sunday or maybe Monday or Tuesday or whatever. Highly unlikely that he plays. I mean, the fact that he uh, he was out there, but he was standing and watching. He was not in a jersey. Uh, it's what we've seen the last couple of weeks from Drew Locke. So, yeah, I I don't think he plays Sunday. I don't think he plays Monday. If it's on Tuesday, I don't think he plays Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, the, the fact that he didn't practice yesterday is pretty telling to me. If if he's going to play, why isn't he out there yesterday throwing the ball around with his teammates to then see how he feels on Wednesday, to then see how he feels on Thursday? So uh, he really needs to be out there today in order for me to say that there's a chance of him playing. I think it's too risky if the game stays on Sunday to have him start practicing any, any later than today. Interesting. Now... Mm-hmm. That's different than what's seemingly coming out of the Broncos, which feels like they're trying to plant the seed a little bit uh, that there's a chance. But of course, we know there's gamesmanship involved there. And um, it does seem unlikely, but I wouldn't rule it out quite as much. I think the Broncos would actually be comfortable with Drew Locke practicing for the first time on Friday and playing on Sunday. Man, and then it then it's got to be a true game time decision, right? He practices yep. Friday yeah. for the first time. See how he wakes up on Saturday and Sunday. Yep, that's. I think that's in the realm of possibility for sure. I mean, I think the Broncos believe that he's enough of an upgrade uh, over what they have available to him that they would be willing to take, you know, slightly unprepared Drew Locke over fully prepared Brett Rippon. Sure, sure. And, and I can I can see that certainly as well. And guys, in, in other quarterback news, Joe Flacco will be getting the start this week for the Jets. The Broncos missed him by one game. Well, they caused this. Yeah. Um, now, was that a throwing shoulder injury for Sam Darnold? Because when I saw it, I could have sworn it was his left shoulder that he got thrown down on. I don't remember. I remember when he was th- – I, I, I'm not sure, actually, with the AC joint. Yeah, because it's a, a very similar injury to what Drew Locke is dealing with. Um, but just based on the fact that he came right back into the game tells me it probably wasn't as severe. Um, but, yeah, there you go. Joe Flacco starting for the Jets. Uh, if you weren't already fading the Jets, <laughs> go ahead and fade them some more now. I mean, Please. look, think, about, think of it this way, guys. The only time the Jets made plays on offense is when Sam Darnold created those plays by escaping yeah. the pocket. Yeah. How in the world is Joe Flacco going to make any plays back there? Yeah. If, if Darnold had gone out and not returned because of that injury, it is his throwing shoulder. It is his right shoulder, by the way, if he had returned, if he had not returned, I think the Broncos would have won that game by 20 points. Mm. I was because, definitely scared yeah. that Joe Flacco was going to beat them. Yeah, in, I was at first, but in retrospect, seeing how they really cranked up the pressure, cranked up the blitz, and we all know what kind of mobility or lack thereof that Joe Flacco possesses, I think it would have been an ugly, ugly game for yeah, the Jets. Before the game, I, we talked about how what if Joe comes in and leads them to uh, to victory. That may be a, the lowest point. That may be rock bottom for the Broncos. Mm-hmm. But then when I saw him, you know, about to go in, 
And I just remembered how melancholy he is. I'm like, oh, this guy's got no fire to come in and beat the Broncos now. Not even, couldn't even get some juice going against his former team. Oh. <laughs> Although still, perfect, uh, perfect game out there for him. Two for uh, two. Two for two attempts. All right, fellas, uh, we're going to move on into the podcast questions from our listeners. Of course, you can uh, catch the second half of the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. We appreciate everyone who tunes into this and that. Uh, if you're on YouTube watching us, make sure you hit us with a like on this video. Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you would. Uh, and the same thing goes uh, for the podcast side. Hit us with a five-star review uh, if you enjoy the show. We certainly enjoy having you listen. So uh, that's going to wrap it up for us on the live side of things. Uh, we'll see you on the other side. All right. Thanks to everyone who's still riding with us on the podcast side of things. And of course, thanks to Breckenridge Brewery for being an incredible partner of DNVR uh, for a long time now. In fact, going all the way back to the BSN days, Breck Brew has been riding by our side. And they also happen to make damn good beers. Uh, you guys know that. And if you don't, you need to go onto the Breck Brew locator page and find out where you can get the nearest Breck Brews to you or heck just come down to the dnvr bar and get your member sized breck brew with a frosty glass uh there's nothing quite like it honestly uh best way to enjoy a breck brew in my opinion but there's no bad ways to enjoy a breck brew so head down to your local liquor store and get yourself any of their fantastic beers you know what goes with breck brew perfectly well is rugby and there's no better place to get in on all of the American rugby coverage than DNVR and the DNVR.com and the DNVR rugby podcast and DNVR on Twitter because Infinity Park in Glendale is now the official new training center for men's and women's USA Eagles 15 teams. That means Colorado is the place for rugby in the United States and we have it covered better than anyone so for your best rugby coverage in America, make sure to check out thednvr.com. Check our reporter out, Colton Strickland. He does a great job not only breaking down the game, but giving you the most up-to-date news and what you need to know going on with rugby in the United States. So check us out, thednvr.com, and on Twitter and podcast at DNVR Rugby. All right, first question coming in here. Uh, from overrated Aaron Rodgers. By the way, Zach, did you uh, did you eat any crow on that yet, or are we still uh, wait and see? You know what? He, it, he can do this, and he's done this in September and October. That's just him. You know, he puts up the good numbers now. So, you know, I, I, I said this yesterday, Ryan. I hope Aaron Rodgers gets the number one seed in the a NFC because then his playoff collapse is just going to be that much bigger as it always is come january oh man you know that just just this conversation just reminded me i really 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 hope this season doesn't end up getting messed up because i think this is some of the best quarterback play across the league i've ever seen in my entire life um aaron Rodgers, russell wilson patrick mahomes lamar jackson uh you know you go on down the list even josh Dak prescott da yeah. josh allen I mean, the quarterback play we're seeing in the league right now is just superb, and it's so much more fun to watch than, you know, Brian Hoyer and Jared Siddham falling on their faces. <laughs> so, man, like I said, this might be the best quarterback season I've seen in my lifetime. I really don't want to lose it. Yeah. It, it, oh. Muted! <laughs> I haven't done that in a while. Congratulations. I'm glad we got it. 
All right. I mean, I, I think the good quarterback play is going to be there on the other side of this. But, uh, but Zach, you do know that uh, Aaron Rodgers with 13 touchdowns, a 128.4 passer rating, has the two highest figures in those categories after four games in his entire career. So even by Aaron Rodgers' standards, this is something special. Yeah, but again, he can do special things in September and October. All right. Uh, keep that, we'll keep that plate of crow in the fridge for you so it doesn't go bad. He and didn't even have – yeah, yeah, he didn't even have half as many touchdowns at this point last year, Zach. I mean, this is Aaron Rodgers on another level entirely. I mean, think about it. He's on pace for 52 touchdowns and no picks. How, wow. and, and that still wouldn't even be the best uh, – best numbers in the league this year because Russell Wilson is on pace to do something even crazier than that. I know. <laughs> yeah, what is, he's at 14? 15. Whew. Yeah. Man, just insane. So did he break Peyton's record for most touchdowns through four games? He tied Patrick Mahomes' record for most touchdowns. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Man, speaking of good quarterback play, there's been a lot in the past decade. Yep, oh, it sure my has. gosh. So the first one coming in from overrated Aaron Rodgers. No, we already – oh, 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 all right. All right. <laughs> he says, we get mad Wednesday to all those creeps who run past me on the mountain reeking of whatever perfume on which you've wasted too much good Skrilla. Stop. Just stop. It's sickening. That seems very random. Go bubblegum ice cream. I can get behind that. Go yard peaches. Go home. Wow. Why would anyone want gum in their ice cream? Oh, my gosh. That and cotton candy are the best flavors you can get at an ice cream shop. They're the same shop. flavor, aren't they? I mean, bubble <laughs> doesn't regular bubble gum and cotton candy, don't they taste almost exactly the same? Yeah, pretty much, except bubble gum. You get some delicious bubble gum pieces in your mouth. I, I don't want the pieces I in know. my mouth. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's not a piece of fruit. Imagine I mean, like <laughs> like soup with gum in it. Like it doesn't make sense. You're eating something. You don't want to also have to chew oh. well, gum the, at the same time. You would never chew gum and eat anything else at the same time. The thing with that is you have to be okay with swallowing the gum. Or else oh then yes, I agree. God. And yes, I, I'm definitely a gum swallower. So uh, uh, so it's perfect. You and my eight-year-old daughter. You guys, bo- you two, both swallow gum. And same, same sense of taste. <laughs> it's just the best out there. I, I, what can I say? Just the more sugar, the better. That's the <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, as for people reeking of perfume on the mountain, don't. Maybe I'm crazy here. I like to embrace. When you're working out, is the one time you're just allowed. Like, there's no rule. Like, you know, you don't have you don't have to try to smell good. You don't have to try to look good. You don't have, like you just you just get to sweat and be just a sweaty human. Why would you be like trying to mask that when you're outdoors at that with some sort of perfume? Yeah, you're right. It, it is it is your one excuse, and clearly those people just aren't the uh, workout type typically. Then, man. I've been really craving a good workout recently and there's a sick rec center right by my house that I haven't got to go to yet because it's still closed due to COVID. I'm just like, please, please open this. I just want to work out at this sweet rec center. Like it, it, it reminds me of the brand new rec center they have on CU's campus. And I just, I just want to, I just want them to like have restrictions on how many people could be in there or just anything. I just want to go. 
Yeah, that's uh, that is part of my gyms as well, and that one's a sweet one. I gotta say, it, you, you'll so enjoy cool. it. Yeah. All right. Uh, anyways, we move on to Boucher all day. Two questions. Do you guys ever spatchcock? I think it means right. like, do, have you ever like uh, like taken a chicken and flattened it out? Like you take out the the backbone and kind of split it. That's no, I mean, just, I have that, not. I have that's not. what it means to spatchcock a chicken. I Basically, just, if you're going by the old punishment of of being hang drawn and quartered, it's the first step in quartering. You're kind of having it. Wow, that took quite a turn. Very <laughs> quick. Sure yeah, very dark. Uh, I can't say I've done that. I have like you know pounded the chicken to make it thinner. Mm-hmm. Not like broken the ribs and taken all the yeah. innards out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have not either. <laughs> the key the key is for spashcocking, you do leave the two halves connected. So, like, basically, it's like that you, you kind of unfold the chicken you like almost. butterfly it. Yeah, it, the turkey, same thing. It's a, it's an old 17th century term, I believe. So, Mace, have you sure spashcocked like before? Um, I have not spashcocked, but I have bought <laughs> a spashcock chicken. In the <laughs> <laughs> but I have not personally spashcocked. You may not want to admit that you've, uh, you've bought some spashcock before. It sounds, it's very British, isn't it? I mean, it's almost, yes. uh, you're going to, I'm going to spatchcock, I'm going to have a spatchcock chicken and I'm going to have some spotted dick. <laughs> wow. There we go. <laughs> and he goes on and says, is a cheesecake a cake or a pie? Mm. It's most certainly a cake. It looks like a pie, so it's a pie. It's definitely a pie. Do you have, the thing is, like with a cake, a cake typically has frosting, a layer of frosting on the top, correct? Well, I think probably what designates the cake is the cake batter, which turns into like a bread type of substance, which right. is it, not in cheesecake. I'd say there's an even I'd say there's a legitimate argument to call cheesecake a pie. Yeah. So I, why I, is it not called cheese pie? Because that, that sounds, sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> I think it sounds great. Although Mace, Does you uh, cake sound better if you didn't know the uh, context. Right, right. Maybe if it, maybe it's like cake. It's because it's sweet. If you if you said cheese cheese pie, well, you'd think of it maybe like a like like a steak and kidney pie or a chicken oh, balti pie, like a which are yeah, which are not sweet pies. They're more savory pies. So yeah. you put you say cheese cake, and then the cake implies something sweet. What if it's yeah. uh, never mind. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I definitely think it's it's a pie, but then unfortunately going with those own set of rules, I have to call ice cream cake ice cream pie and, and I really don't like doing that to my ice cream cake. Doesn't ice cream cake have a layer of cake in it or is it just It, it can. It's the best it can but not usually just all yes. ice cream. Yeah. That's not <laughs> Why do we need that? Because then you get like a, a, a uh, either a graham cracker crust, which is half butter, half graham cracker, or the best one is the Oreo crust with, you know, just oh, ground up okay. Oreo and butter. All right. Now I'm in. So that really is a pie for sure. <laughs> Unfortunately, it is a pie. Yes. Uh, Thick Fangio. Just coming out of my comment hiatus for this very important week at Mad Wednesday. First of all, Zach, really? You like peanut butter with pulp? Come on, dude. I always thought you were cool. Hey, I, I like both. I'm an equal opportunity peanut eater, peanut butter eater. The one thing I'll say about the crunchy peanut butter is the, you know, no one likes getting the little pieces of peanut stuck in your teeth. Uh, and that comes into play. 
Exactly. And you have the option sitting there in front of you when you go to the grocery store. You can have crunchy or you can have smooth. You can have the nuts stuck between the gaps in your teeth or you don't have to deal with that. I mean, it's just one of those things where I say, I don't need the headache here. Just give me the smooth like Jerry Judy's routes, peanut butter. The only thing is then if you make a PB&J with smooth peanut butter and you make it with a smooth jam where there's not much in the jam, no chunks, and then you eat it with like a very smooth bread, like a, a white fluff, fluffy bread, then when you take a bite, you're just eating mush and it's just all mush. Oh. So in those situations, it's nice to either have, you know, a little grain in the bread, the crunch in there, so it's not just so mushy. Well, knowing how much you like sugar, just take like a packet of brown, those brown sugar crystals and just sprinkle it above there. There we go. That sounds good. Mix it in. <laughs> well, who, who's eating PB&J on white bread, though? I mean, I only, I only make it on wheat bread, so I don't have that problem. I don't have to worry about that. I there get you a little, go. That, then you have little the, texture uh, to it. There you go. It does, it does not matter. You can put any type of peanut butter, any type of jelly on any type of bread, and it's still great. Oh, I got to say, when I would go to restaurants as a kid and they'd have the little sugar containers there and they'd have, you know, the yellow, white, the brown. brown. Yeah, I would just always open a brown and eat it because, you know, yeah. the pieces are so thick, you can just pick them up. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, when I was a kid, I, my, like, my dad wouldn't let me, like, order a soda or something at dinner and I didn't just want water so I would just take a sugar packet <laughs> pour it into my water and dissolve it there you go man was it good at the time I liked it um it's better than I'm, water I'm lucky I didn't like grow wings and turn into a hummingbird <laughs> anyways he goes on and says Anyways, on to the recently reviewed straw debate. I've always been on team one hole but this latest breakthrough got me thinking if you roll up your carpet does your carpet have a hole? Might just be team no holes now as I'm already in many aspects of my life. Ouch. Um, wow. Wow. That's a great point though. A great point. Although a straw isn't necessarily a plastic roll up. Right. Because you know it, what I'm saying? it's fully connected. Yeah. Yeah, man. This just keeps taking so many turns and really I'm just whoever makes an argument. I'm on their team until someone else makes an argument because it's easy to mm. convince me on this one. Yeah, I still I I sometimes forget what side I'm on. <laughs> me chow checking in. Hey fellas, if Cam doesn't play, the Broncos have at least a fifty-fifty shot to win on Sunday, in my opinion. I'll give them an advantage with Rippin, who looked better than either Hoyer or Stidham. Yes, it was the Jets, but a disadvantage with facing Belichick. It's also time for Justin Simmons to step up and have a big game. He's been very average so far this season. Uh, he's had one one good game. I forget which game it was. I think Tampa Bay was his good game. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, you need those impact players to have an impact. And he or Kareem Jackson have really not put a stamp on a game yet, especially, you know, one that helps the Broncos win the football game. Yeah, and, and I agree with that. You do want to see Justin Simmons – play elite for every single game uh and Micha, with your other point uh yeah I mean that that's exactly what you like if the Broncos do play this week you like that they don't have to face Cam you like their quarterback situation more but of course there is the uh, always the opponent of Bill Belichick who's tough actually yeah. you know what if the, this game does play does get played I think Michao is going to get what he wants with Justin Simmons on Sunday 
this will be the game that he busts out. Love it. Love to hear it. Hope it gets played. From Broncos only. Hey, Mace. I hope you get your microphone situation uh, fixed quickly. On today's pod, you sounded like you were in some kind of jar. If hatreds, if hatred for the Patriots were people, I'd be China. Broncos that's a, only. That's a great line from City Slickers. When, uh, uh, when Daniel Stern and his wife about to be his ex-wife because he cheated on her with the, uh, uh, the checkout girl at the, at the supermarket. And uh, she says, I hate you. And he says, I hate you more. If hate were people, I'd be China. <laughs> Meaning that it's big? There's a lot? <laughs> a lot of, yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yes. Wow. And I did get the microphone situation fixed. Thank you. I uh, just had to uh, get to my device back up and running here that connects my uh, XLR mic into my computer and good to go. So we're back. So we're back. So uh, are are the Patriots still as hated in Broncos country, even without Tom? I mean, I didn't think people would embrace the Patriots, certainly, but I thought people would would embrace them a little more, hate them a little less. Is that not the case? Well, you got Josh McDaniel still working there, right? That's true. Yeah, Bill. Yeah. Yeah, but I think I think if anything. If you're wondering about whether to hate them, you just look at McHoodie over there calling the place. And that's yeah. enough reason to maintain that level of enmity for the foreseeable future. So you got Hoodie and McHoodie. I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, hate isn't really player-based. Like, you hate the team sometimes because of the player, but then you develop the hate for the team as well, and now you just hate them. I have to admit, uh, even, the yeah, game, not the player. Yeah, I, I have to admit, though, even though I know Broncos country like, likes to take shots at Cam Newton after Super Bowl Fifty, I am rooting for Cam Newton to 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 kind of put the naysayers to bed here. That's another one, and and I would be one of those people taking a nap yeah. after he puts us to bed. Um, <laughs> that's another one here of quarterbacks just playing such great football mm-hmm. and that i can get behind i just want to see more quarterbacks that are good uh and if cam's good and i have to eat crow which i actually already did um then that's fine with me i just i want to turn on football and see quarterbacks diming up receivers making mm-hmm. plays with their feet and just doing awesome stuff that's what makes football awesome yeah yeah and man, cam can bring a different dynamic to the quarterback room we know that absolutely um, ho- hopefully not in more ways than one um <laughs> seriously from book from butch cassidy you guys touched on the gap between joe burrow and drew Locke yesterday i like to call this gap quote coaching philosophy as per espn across their first four starts joe burrow has 177 attempts with roughly a 65 percent completion rate while drew had 128 percent with roughly a 64% completion rate. The Bengals have said to Joe, go out there and win us games doing what you do best. Yeah, that O-line is going to get him killed, but so be it. Uh, And the time Drew looked like most like Joe was in the win against the Texans, which was the game he had the most attempts. Instead of feeding uh, his nature, this coaching staff and organization chose to limit or protect Drew more than since he did with with Joe. If Drew is a gunslinger, let him sling when he's healthy. My opinion is Joe is not all that much better than Drew. Joe simply has more opportunities and suffers from recency and draft position bias. Well, maybe we should ask the question that was asked of us yesterday because uh, we're talking – it was brought up, where would you rank Drew Locke 
Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence as prospects and which one you would want. And of course, in the offseason, it was pointed out that you had Drew Locke number one. So where would you have them ranked today? Uh, it's not fair to change anything right now because nothing's really changed other than Joe Burrow looking like a competent NFL quarterback. Um, but I just I, I haven't seen anything from Drew, so it's not fair to assess him really any other different any other way. Of course, week one wasn't as good as you would have hoped. But again, they kind of I don't know. They I didn't like the game plan. I said it after the game. So uh, ask me in five weeks after we have more Drew Lock. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to press you, though. Right now, you have to rank those three. Based on what you know right now, you don't have to go back and take Drew out of college. You get him right now. How are you ranking those guys in terms of the quarterbacks that you would want right now? Hmm. I would me pr- it's easy. Probably, I'd probably go uh, Trevor Lawrence, Drew Locke, Joe Burrow. Okay. Then I had, I had Trevor – uh, Burrow and Joe, but no disrespect to Drew Locke because th- those are back-to-back number one overall picks. Uh, I've liked what I've seen enough from Joe Burrow to, to put him to, and I just think Trevor is, you know, this generational, apparently a generational talent. Yeah, I mean, like, if given the opportunity, you would take your chances with Trevor Lawrence right now. Um, if you offered a trade, I, 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 I just have to see how Drew Locke comes back from this injury and looks. But uh, right now, I'll just stick with what I thought earlier, that, that Drew Locke will have a better career than Joe Burrow. Fair, fair. Next one coming in from Chow. Sorry to be a double poster. I'm sure you'll touch on this today. Gilmore test positive. I'm guessing the likelihood a Broncos game being played this weekend is slim to none. I mean, that would go against everything the NFL has showed us so far. Right, right. Uh, and- the only thing that stopped a game was a full-on outbreak. So – it's going to have to be a lot more than Stephon Gilmore and Cam Newton before they put they pull that game. Yeah, yeah. And uh, right now, today, the Patriots facility is closed. We'll see. Uh, so, obviously, they're not practicing today. Everything's virtual. We'll see if it's open tomorrow. We'll see if more positive tests come out. You have to imagine if their facility stays closed for a couple of days and they're not practicing and there's another positive test or two, then that's when the NFL may, may make a decision to change that. But also – well, what's an easy solution for them to move this game? There's a fairly easy solution for them to move the other game that they've moved later in the season. Is there an easy solution for this one? Because if there's not, then maybe uh, against what I would do, I think the NFL may try to continue with it as, as far as they can. Yeah, I, until I see some sort of, for lack of a better term, come to Jesus moment for the NFL – uh, I'm not expecting anything to be canceled unless it absolutely has to. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You, you wonder if there can be some kind of rearrangement. The Patriots do have a bye next week. And of course the Broncos play the dolphins and then the week of the Broncos bye, they play the, the Patriots play the Buffalo bills point being you're working with a bunch of AFC East teams who are all on the Broncos schedule. So that may open the window for a little bit of rearrangement here to where they may even be able to say, okay, what if we play this game next week and then do a few more shifts here and there, including on the Miami game to figure this one out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious how that would work out. Thinking about it makes my head hurt trying to change <laughs> schedules around and That's all the, the ripple effects. This is why the NFL has people who work only on the schedule year after year. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of uh just things that have to be balanced. Mm-hmm. Um 
Well, we've got one more day until the NFL week starts up again. Uh, and there's no better place to get in on Thursday Night Football action or any of the action than at DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app. And you, you know it. They're doing it again. Week five, DraftKings bringing back the can't-miss offer. Bet $1 to win $100 on any team if you get it right. And, man, Andre and I were going through the lines for this week yesterday, and there are some heavy favorites. So you can really uh, find my, my recommendation, fade the Jets. I don't even remember who they're playing. Just fade them. Um, but you can get one, one, bet $1, win $100 on any NFL team this week. And that's one hell of a deal from our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. And also, they're giving all new users a chance to receive a sign-up bonus up to $1,000 when you use the code DNVR at sign-up. That's right, $1,000 sign-up bonus. Uh, if you use the code DNVR. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use that code promo that promo code DNVR. Of course, you, of course, you must be 21 or older. Colorado-only bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires a 25X playthrough, and restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Speaking of great deals, I got two of them for you for the delicious, smooth Strava Craft Coffee. Of course, the first one, use that magical code DNVR20 to get 20% off your online purchase of Strava Craft Coffee. And the second one, if you've already used that magical code DNVR20 and you love Strava Craft Coffee just like we do, well, you can subscribe and save 20% on every single time you purchase Strava Craft Coffee. And you can get it shipped to your door, and it can be delivered to you every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks. You don't have to worry about going on their website. The delicious, smooth Strava Craft Coffee will be sent right to you when you subscribe, and you'll get 20% off every single time. Strava Craft Coffee gives you that delicious one-two punch of caffeine and delicious coffee, along with the CBD infusement, which helps relieve aches, pains, migraines, headaches, anything that's going on with your body, it helps relieve. It also helps with the coffee jitters, so a great one-two punch. So lots of one-two punches coming at you with Strava Craft Coffee. If you haven't tried them, check them out and use that magical code DNVR20 for 20% off. And if you have, make sure to subscribe to get 20% off every single time you get your hands on Strava Craft Coffee. From Love Thunder Down Under, we get mad as beep Wednesday. <laughs> you mad about the Broncos playing Monday night this week due to COVID delay? I sure as hell am not. Now, admittedly, it takes a fair bit of mental gymnastics to get comfortable with the idea that we are testing the bounds of humanity by throwing able-bodied men into plague-infested arenas to bludgeon each other with metal helmets over a synthetic ball. But I do get there. And I have to say, there are a few things more pleasurable than sitting on the couch in one's jersey at 10.30 a.m. on Tuesday morning, drinking beer and yelling loudly at my television. And yes, I'm still getting paid. Humanity at its finest. <laughs> all right. Three serious questions for you all. How does the great yeasty spread-off work if the game is delayed? Yes, you read that. Yeasty spread. Uh, no Broncos game. <laughs> the, the tailgate show is rain or shine. No Broncos game. We're still doing the tailgate, as you saw this last Sunday. Uh, so the great yeasty spread off will <laughs> go on as planned. Two, how will you try the yeasty spreads? I think you should try them by the tablespoon and then try it yeasty spreaded with some butter on toast. So, yeah, uh, to, we're definitely going to start with just straight – spoonful um straight spoonful of yeasty spreads <laughs> just, 
<laughs> just yeasty spreading our lips and shoving oh. it in there. Um, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> that one is, someone's going to mention something about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it said, uh, how will you honor Vegemite and your legion of loyal, engaged, better looking Australian fans? Surely there'll be some sort of trophy banner hung in the bar. Uh, yeah, Vegemite yeasty spread off champs. <laughs> Maybe, or, or what we do is whatever wins, we, keep, we always keep some of it in the bar. So if people want to order it, it's there. So, you know, I talked to our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook and said, hey, you know, what would you guys put the odds on the champion here? <laughs> and uh, according to them, Marmite is less intense. Mm-hmm. So they have Marmite as the favorite to win here. It's not as shocking to the American taste buds. Wow. What, t- what tastes better on a spatchcocked chicken, though? It's uh, a good question. Good question. <laughs> but I, I, I do also want to try the traditional way with spreaded butter and then yeasty spread above the butter on a piece of toast, which I, I think we'll be able to have. Unless, unless the spoonful is that terrible that I don't want any more of it, I'm willing to try it. Uh, on toast as well oh, wow wow yeah that's uh man i i like that what what are the odds on DraftKings sportsbook what do, what are we saying marmite is a favorite with yeah, they've got marmite minus 150 uh oh, so okay. a favorite <laughs> not a heavy favorite <laughs> good luck to marmite <laughs> all right from ldj First off, congrats to Mike Purcell. Very deserving. I have a gut feeling AJ is next year. He'll get that first-round tender, then get paid next year for sure. But congratulations, Mike. Very deserving. So how do you feel about Michael Oge after four games? He looks like uh, he looks like in this system he's going to be special. I think he's earned the number two spot. And you can keep Callahan in as a slot. And then the uh, other than the Claypool t- uh, TD, which was a clear push-off, he's been pretty solid. Curious how you guys have perceived him. Yeah, I – Oge is on a weird path right now where, like, um, a lot of people only can remember the two TDs he gave up uh, against Pittsburgh and are already, like, jumping off the Oge boat. I am just – I am just standing at their door with heaps of cash saying, like, give me all of your Michael Oge stock if you're selling it. I will take all of it. Uh, just – just I don't even care what the price is. Give it to me. And – uh a lot of people don't feel that way. I assume that you guys are on my side here. Oh, he's played better and better every week. Yep. It's, you can see the growth leaps and bounds every game, even even within games. And uh, uh, when he's beat, he's not, letting guy, when he, he's not letting guys buy him. When he allows a catch, he's limiting the yardage after the catch. Just, this is why if you believe in a young guy, just play him. If you believe that strongly in what a player can be and you see the glimpses of talent, play him. Let him learn. Let him grow. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. I'm very, very, very high on Michael Ojemudia and wasn't really bothered too much by his game against the Steelers. You're going to struggle as a cornerback. Look, top cornerbacks in this draft are struggling right now. I am very high on what he brings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and Oge is not struggling as much as some of the top guys. Yeah, even with those two long touchdown catches against Michael Oge, he is giving up 1.2 uh, yards per coverage snap. 
which is middle of the road, a little below uh, in the NFL. You take those away, though, he's giving and, – and I know you can't take them away, but just for the thought experiment, you take those two plays out, which right now seem like outliers. Uh, he's giving up half a yard per coverage snap, which is very good. So I am – I'm very, very high on him. And, and I don't know. I think you guys can relate to this. Sometimes you just see a guy out there, you're like, yeah, he can play. And that's how I feel about watching him. I totally agree. He goes on, lastly, if Akiba's ever a special guest, man, I can't wait for the podcast. He belongs in the national media. He's the defensive side of the ball, Steve Smith. He's funny, charismatic, but most important thing, he is what I look for in a football analyst. He's honest, and I love his podcast. Today, Emmanuel is on it, and they're continuing the running back joke, uh, the running joke about Brock Osweiler owing the defense some red bottoms for helping him get that contract. Emmanuel said he owes him and DT a pair as well. Hilarious. They're just – they're really just oh. dunking on Brock. I think Brock has to come on this podcast at some point. And defend himself? And de- defend himself, but also – I mean, this is just kind of – it's it's good-natured. I mean, this is – it's there's just a lot of ball-busting that goes on on this podcast. But I think it's funny you mentioned Steve Smith as well. I would love to see a broadcast team – that has a keep to leave and Steve Smith as two color commentators. You'd have to have the right person as kind of the traffic cop to make that thing work. But I think I would watch two, two and 12 teams play a primetime game. If you had a keep to leave and Steve Smith at the mic, it'd be the greatest broadcast ever. Wow. That don't, do you think that I need a driver in there? Like, you know, uh, like a Joe Buck to keep the, the bus on track. You just need somebody to remind everybody, oh, by the way, we got second and eight here from the yeah, 35-yard exactly. line. That's it. <laughs> Occasionally bring it back to the field. You know what, what I think would be the best combo is Akib Talib and Peyton Manning. <laughs> oh, man, that would be so good. <laughs> like, who's your, your sideline reporter? Oh, man. <sighs> um, like Derek Wolf. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, if you put a, a Peyton Man- what about this? So they offered Peyton Manning, what was it, like $20 million uh, or more? Crazy. Yes. What if you offered Peyton $100 million, <laughs> but then you put the games that he called on pay-per-view? Oh. I would pay. Oh. I think how much me- would pay. How much it- would you pay? Um, I would pay up to $15 every Monday. Okay, so let's see. They fifth and they have because they don't have a week 17 Monday, that's 16 that's 16 weeks worth of games. So $240 is what yep. you pay over the course of a season to watch Peyton Manning do games. Yeah, I would do that. Do you think Peyton would do it for 100 mil? I don't think anyone can turn down a hundred million. <laughs> now the question is how many people like me over the course of a season are willing to give uh, $240, you know, because it, it, if it's a million, a million people, which it's going to be more than that, uh, you make 240 million just on the pay-per-view. <laughs> oh man, you've got an idea there. Bring that to ESPN. The question is though, like, how much advertising revenue do they lose by how many people aren't watching? And does that, you know, right. Uh, does that count? Or is there a pay-per-view option and a non-pay-per-view option where it's like, okay, so if you pay for pay-per-view, you get Peyton Manning. 
If you don't, you can still get the free broadcast. The problem is it's uh, Booger McFarland and Jason Witten. <laughs> they, throw the the, they throw last year's crew on it just to incentivize people to go with the pay-per-view. <laughs> yes, exactly. Or, Mace, you'll remember who it was. Remember when they tried, like, those, like, comedians in the Monday Night Football booth? Yeah, they, they would bring them in. But also, for two years, you had Dennis Miller. Yes, yeah. Working in, working in the booth alongside – Al Michaels and Dan Fouts. And you know what? Dennis Miller bothered a lot of people. He, he didn't bother me in the booth. If anything, I thought he was too timid, too tame, too respectful. I, I wanted somebody who was going to come in and uh, throw some metaphorical Molotov cocktails into the mix. And he didn't do that. Yeah. Do you think Peyton Manning uh, would be throwing Molotov cocktails into the mix? No. <laughs> no, but he would have some incredible analysis. Uh, yes. uh, the other person who I, I would want to listen, call a football game is Bill Walton. Oh, my gosh. That would be oh. entertaining. <laughs> Did you ever Bill hear the Walton ba- on Thursday yeah. Night Football. <laughs> Actually, Bill Walton is, is made for that kind of that yes. environment where you have a couple of bad teams. How do I make this interesting? Uh, bring in somebody who's probably spent at least – 15% or more of his adult life on some substance and just let him go. I can't tell if he actually is or if he just knows that's his bit and he's really good at playing it. I think right. at one I think at one point he was but now he knows how to sell it a little bit because he he's lived the life and Yeah, like uh, he just he gets on the mic and just plays the hits yeah. and everyone loves it. They're like, "Oh my god, it sounds like he's high. This is hilarious." <laughs> Let me ask you this, RK, since you are a CU Buffs enthusiast. Uh-huh. I a person we all know, Phil Milani of the Broncos, he is also a CU alum. Yes. He hates it with the fire of a thousand suns when Bill Walton calls a CU game because in his mind, when Walton is calling the game, it's not about the game, and he wants to watch the game. He wants to watch CU. He's invested in it. So how do you feel since you are a Buffs believer? I ask for two things um, from an announcer. There's two ways you can win me over. One, present me with information that I can't – just see from watching the game. So Tony Romo is a perfect example of someone who I learned something about football when I watched Tony Romo call a game. Two, just entertain me. Somehow entertain me. And Bill Walton entertains the hell out of me. So I love when he calls any game, and I love it when he calls the Buffs too because I want to hear him say something weird and wild about Boulder or uh, like compare Evan Batty to some sort of you know like wild animal and like make some crazy like i love it i I love it uh i used to be like that though i think uh you know it's uh bill walton is an acquired taste and uh i i came around on him as i as i watched more of him now i just i can't get enough bill walton i think he's he's the best college basketball announcer there is okay all right i'm like i'm a jay billis man but that's me yeah jay billis is cool too uh he says he finishes here oops almost forgot even though the jury is still out on drew he at least hasn't gotten benched Derek classen from football outsiders he poo-pooed on josh allen who's playing like an mvp and he and football outsiders love dwayne haskins there's just no film in the nfl to speak to him being good or even have potential in my opinion i mean third on the depth chart jeez I don't know. Maybe Rivera is trying to teach him a lesson. I don't know. Dude, LDJ 
knows more about things that media members I've never heard of has said <laughs> than anyone else. Like he's always calling out, like he's like, "Oh, John Ramsey from Buccaneer blog down into." I'm like, "How do you, how do you keep track of all these receipts?" Uh, I think LDJ's got a Rolodex or something going on or some kind of file on his computer here. I mean, it's, it's incredible. If I don't have to listen to or follow all this stuff, LDJ's going to let me know. I know. He has like a <laughs> script running on his computer that pulls every article that mentions anyone like, that he likes. LDJ, I'll uh, give you a quote from my famous or, or from my favorite quarterback about what you should do with this national media. Just R-E-L-A-X. Relax. Oh. Don't worry about these these guys. Yes, I I agree. Uh, and uh, like, shout out to uh, Derek Klassen. From <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hip, hip, you rage. I'm in a greetings, gents. First and foremost, Zach, peanut butter with pulp is life. Don't at me, bro. Hashtag team crunchy all the way. Also, when you guys talked about if cream cheese and peanut butter t- can go together, I was pounding the table saying peanut butter cheesecake. and cheese pie as we said and one more thing i'm happy to say that since the broncos didn't lose to the titans by a score of 41 to 10 mace doesn't have to eat a pine cone with peanut butter and i quote (laughs) it wouldn't be that bad glad to none of us glad to know none of us have to experience this what caused that yeah yeah what did cause you to say that mace oh it was just i think there were some absurd predictions out there uh, for for week one, and uh, that that was one that kind of uh, struck me as as being off the charts bad. And uh, eating a pine cone with peanut butter is kind of my stand. It's it's my standard for absurd thing that I would be willing to do. I mean, you know, there there was wasn't there the the guy a couple of years ago who said that he would literally eat feces if the draft went a certain way. I'm I'm not going to do that. I'm I'm not going to do anything that I wouldn't be willing to tolerate at least for a little bit. But a, a pine cone with peanut butter, I think I could I think I could put up with that. An Eagles fan after they won the Super Bowl just ate feces just cuz he was so happy. Oh my uh, gosh, I bet he wasn't not, as happy after that. Do you not remember that video coming out from like the the people parading in the streets not the actual parade but just when people were like in the streets after they won some guy just like ate horse crap mm-hmm. off the ground just oh, oh my gosh wow <laughs> hang on what'd you say he's getting some inside info on it right now uh, <laughs> Al- Allie defending her philadelphians by saying some guy in cleveland did the same thing as if that somehow makes <laughs> <Right>. it better <laughs> He says, for my Broncos-related bit, earlier in the week, you guys mentioned how they were able to pull up a guy literally the day of the Jets game, and somehow he passed all the protocols and was able to suit up for the game. I was thinking, why didn't we just pull up a guy from our practice squad to fulfill that role? Maybe Derek Tuska? I know it might have been a limited role, but if the guy seemed to be a part of our future, why don't you at least have him on the sideline soaking it in what it's like to be at an NFL game? Congrats on one year, DNBR, and here's to many more. Well, Derek mm-hmm. Tuska uh, does have that experience. He is on the sidelines, uh, and he is a guy that they've brought up um, on game days before as well. Yeah, it's just Derek Tuska is very small. Yes. And, and Vic Fangio said that basically in the preseason, or not what not preseason, but before the season, said that this guy needs to get in the weight room, get bigger. I mean, he – if anybody ever needed a red shirt year in the NFL to just get in the weight room, it's Derek Tuska. Yeah. I don't know what just reminded me of this, but 
I think my head might explode if uh, Demar Dotson has a good game this week. Like <laughs> I went back and watched the film, <laughs> and I, like I needed to wear a mouth guard because I was gritting my teeth so much watching this. <laughs> it just I can't comprehend what I was wa- uh, like. It was so competent, and I just <laughs> uh, like I don't know if my my brain can take it. If Demar Dotson goes out and has another good game, you could have had oh. that for the first three games of the season. Well. Like I would rather be wrong than be this right, <laughs> because it just makes me question everything I think I know about, like coaches knowing more than me. I want to believe that coaches know more than me. When you see stuff like this, it's tough. It's real tough. Yeah. Well, just think of it this way. Try to be positive. They, they did make the move and going forward, they can keep him in the lineup if they so fit, at least if they so desire, at least as long as he stays healthy. And wasn't it nice for one game to not be thinking about the right tackle all the freaking time? Yes. It, it, it was like a, a dream of sorts. It was a relief. You know, yeah. The the crazy thing, Mace, is they didn't even choose to make that move, though. Yep. They were dealt an injury, which forced them to make the move. Uh, unbelievable. Like, when I say unbelievable, I'm not saying that as, like, a figure speech. Like, it's legitimately unbelievable to me. <laughs> uh, from Onion Town Links, my boys, Mace, I'm having a Totino's party pizza for the first time since I remember – a pod way back when you mentioned it was a staple of your single man diet. I must say, this ain't half bad for being so cheap. Man, those things are good. They are. I mean, the price has gone up. I think they're a buck twenty-five now. Ski, you get like four for five dollars. But I recall in the early two thousands being able to get them for seventy-four cents, <laughs> and I would just fill my freezer with like ten of them. Right. The only problem with them is that they're kind of clunky they take up a lot of freezer space you can't fit like 20 in a freezer well here's what you do here's what you do guys you the directions are the same for all of them right so you uh, just cut it out get the, cut it off and then you take all the pizzas out of the boxes and you spit the put the pizzas in like plastic wrapping and put them in the freezer problem solved so how they, many, they how come many in plastic wrapping yeah they usually yeah they do so you just put them in there Mace, how Done. many were you fitting in your freezer it what i mean it sounds like you got you got it down I, I, at one point I had 10 of them in my freezer. That was the maximum. And then you have that, you have, you have some assorted fruits and vegetables. You've got some ramen noodles in the cabinet Boom. and then, and then some soda. What else do you beer. need? What more do you need, man? You're, no. you're, you're set. The only problem for me is that I could easily crush two. Um, so it was just, it was just hard to keep them stocked in the fridge, you know, in the freezer. Cause you can only fit so many in there and two per meal. But they are so tasty. That that crust is just mm-hmm. it flakes like no other crust. It was my Christmas dinner one year. <laughs> uh, anyways, man, that sounds delicious right now. I kind of miss those. It does. Uh, my main question today is: What would the Broncos' record be if they drafted Josh Allen? I think we're four and zero. What about you? Have a great day. Ooh. Okay. Who's the Who's their coach? What system are they running? I mean, you've basically changed everything. Everything else is the same. And they're not, then they're not four. No, because part of the thing for Josh Allen would be, hopefully he wouldn't be running a third 
scheme with a third offensive coordinator in three years, even though there is some schematic consistency between last year's scheme and this year's scheme. And that's part, that's part of the issue there. I mean, Josh Allen has had one OC, one scheme in Buffalo. Yeah, I actually think it would be whoever it was they uh, was on staff when they would have drafted him. So it was Vic Fangio and then who – was that no, Billy Muss? It would have been Vance right, Joseph. Sorry, Vance Joseph. Vance Joseph. Vance Joseph and Billy Musgrave. Yep. That's who your staff is right now because I, when you get a rookie quarterback, it buys you a lot of time. I bet uh, Bill mm-hmm. Musgrave would second that freaking motion right now. Yeah, I bet you that's what he's saying as he listens to this podcast. Like, you're damn right we'd still have jobs. If we <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, Billy Muss did a really good job with uh, Derek with Derek Carr in Oakland. Yep. A few years ago, so why wouldn't he have he done? He, he had done it. He why wouldn't he have done as good a job? Pardon me, with Josh Allen. Yeah, right. And you know, no one panicked in Buffalo when they went six and ten. Josh Allen's first year, yeah. um, and that's the same record that the Broncos had that year, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, and but they went nine and seven the year before, going to the playoffs with Tyrod Taylor. Worse. Right. Yeah. Well, the thing is though. They understood that that 9-7 and seven season was a fluke, and they were really smart about it. It didn't deter them from their long-term plan of how they were going to go about building the team. What they got out of it was basically learning how to win something that is paying dividends now that their young quarterback is rounding into maturity and finding, and finding his form. Look, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I think the tandem that they've got running that organization with Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean is as smart as there is in the NFL. Yeah. 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 They've definitely played it well. That's for sure. The uh, other- so the record for the Broncos, if it's Vance Joseph and Bill Musgrave. <laughs> two and two. I'm going three and one. I say they fought, they fall to the bucks, but they, they beat the Titans and the Steelers. Oh goodness! Uh, I'll they, go three. I'll go three and one as well. I mean, with Josh Allen playing the way he is, nuts. The other I don't ride, know that Josh Allen be playing the way he is if everything had gone differently and he was here. That's the right. problem. Right. Yeah, and that's that's fair. The other Ryan says, my boys, I really hope Sunday's Broncos-Patriots game doesn't have to be rescheduled. It'd be such a break in a season of uh, catastrophe, misfortune, and injuries of Denver's own to play against a Patriots team without Cam Newton and Stephon Gilmore. Moving our bye week to week five when the Broncos already have a mini-bye is tough long-term, especially when the bye week was perfectly situated for the middle of the season initially. The high temperature would be 65 with partly cloudy skies in Foxborough on Sunday. The weather conditions will almost certainly be worse if this game gets rescheduled to later in the season. I also have a rare day with the house to myself on Sunday and a perfect afternoon plan for this game. If the Patriots in 2020 foil those plans, then I will be giving out a loud, please have Mace, have Mace read this. Screw this. <laughs> Here's to a wonderful Wednesday to each of you. DNV Army, salute. With how much of a good thing it would be for the Broncos aside from medical risk for them to play this game you just the other eye and you just convinced me that they're definitely not playing this game this week <laughs> Every, anytime something could go the Broncos way this year it's gone the other way so uh, I'm gonna go with the history here and say uh, yet another thing goes against them well what's interesting uh David Chow who is uh, uh, often 
who, who's a former uh, former team doctor, but uh, uh, does oh, a Dr. lot of things. Dr. Twitter, Dr. Twitter is what Basically, we call yeah. He has already done a, a, peris a Periscope video on this, and he said he's already suggested the game is going to be moved to Monday or Tuesday or be kicked to a future week. Yeah. I, I mean, being completely selfish, I have no issues with Monday or Tuesday. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't know if that's the safe thing. I, mean, I want them to do whatever is safe. Right. Yeah, right. To totally agree with you. True uh, champ fan. True champ fan. He says, well, Go ahead. there goes the season. He says, but I freaking love the gear I just picked up. DNVR <laughs> trucker hat is my bay. Hey. Pros and cons. Pros and cons. <laughs> <laughs> and the last question here from Locke the Casbah. I said the Colts defense was worse than ours, even injured. And RK said, I don't know about that. I need to eat crow and take my L because the Colts defense is looking pretty good. Wow. Uh, I'm rarely uh, – I haven't been right about a lot of things recently like this. So uh, thanks for letting me know. Well, they're, uh, they're a sneaky good team right now, the Colts. I think people, people slept on them because they played so badly in week one, but they, they look like a contender. They are the single most profitable team to bet on in all of the NFL if you've been betting on them so far. Wow. Uh, mm. So there not you bad. go. Not uh, I have not. I was not was not ever a Colts believer, and they're uh, they're really turning me on my head here. Yeah, how about those old quarterbacks, guys? Phil Rivers and Tom Brady looking mighty fine right now. Yep, they certainly are. Uh, we'll see how long it lasts. All right, uh, he goes on and says, I still think they turn out to be only average or above average until Xavier Rhodes turns an 8-10 to 10 really good game. He's definitely an awful corner. His performance last year was one of the worst we've had in the NFL in a long time. It was like watching Yadam's worst game of his career, but twice as bad and for an entire season. Rocky Sin doesn't seem very good, and Hooker, who's decent, was hurt at the time, so that secondary should be very bad or a mediocre secondary on a good defense. But enough Colts talk, I digress. <laughs> wow, that was just all Colts right there. Right on. All right, yeah, it's the team that did, the Broncos don't even play this year, right? Yeah. All right. Colts grow up to be Broncos. That is true. <laughs> I don't know how that applies here, but it is true. It's just fun to it's just fun to say, especially uh, since since the Broncos have won all their Super Bowls with quarterbacks who, whether for a short time or a long time, were Colts. Andrew Luck, where are you at? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I feel like that like it wouldn't it definitely wouldn't happen this year. Actually, I probably feel like if Andrew Luck was still in the NFL, he would have opted out this year. That would have been like the story of the offseason. Right. Um, but I, I there's always something in the back of my mind that thinks like one day in the middle of the offseason, Andrew Luck's going to come out of retirement and it's going to steal the headlines for like a whole month. Man, and uh, Mr. Stanford could convince the other Mr. Stanford to come play in Denver even if it's via a trade or whatever. Oof. Maybe, maybe that would certainly. Uh, why would fun. the Colts, why would the Colts give him up though? Because I mean, Phil Rivers is basically year to year at this point. Well, what if he says, uh, you know, a big reason why I retired was because of being in this organization and getting killed. I, I want to go somewhere else. So either I'm not going to play or get something for me and trade. It's like, I want to go somewhere where they haven't had a right tackle in five years. <laughs> But maybe they have a left tackle. Yes, maybe, maybe. Uh, anyways, 
that was a uh, I don't know I, I just keep coming back to the NFL and just how poorly they've handled this and I really hope that they could figure out a way to change their course here because it's not it's not trending in a positive direction that's for sure no it, it's certainly not and what we want is football and if it has to be put off a week uh, or the Broncos game has to be postponed later in the season, you know what, that, then do that because I want to see as much football as possible. Be safe. Don't, just take a step back. Don't just look at the short term with this. I completely agree. Uh, and if you're looking at the long-term health of your teeth, go down to Green Mountain Dental Group in Lakewood, the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area, and diehard Colorado sports fans. And if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, you can get a free Sonicare toothbrush from our good friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group. They've supported us for a long time, so when you have some dentist work to be done, head over to Green Mountain Dental Group. Uh, The first step to good health is taking care of your mouth, if you know that. So... Shout out Green Mountain Dental Group. Shout out to you guys for listening. Shout out to the commenters. And shout out to you, Zach and Mace, uh, for making this pod special. We will talk to you tomorrow on the DNVR Broncos.